0: Hej, Jakob här. Jag vill tipsa dig om att i sommar gör vi ett avsnitt med lyssnarfrågor. Så nu har du alltså chansen att vara med i den digitala draken. Och det gör du helt enkelt genom att mejla Jakob med C, J-A-C-O-B, at digitaladraken.com och skriv lyssnarfråga i ämnesfältet. Nu börjar avsnittet. Idag talar vi om Metaverse, bortom Meta. Vi tittar på de asiatiska jättarnas visioner och hur de skiljer sig från de västerländska. Vi diskuterar även om Metaverse-hypen är helt över eller om vi närmar oss en tipping point. Jag heter Jacob Lovén. And I'm Nick Young. Och det här är Den Digitala Draken från Podvi och Svenska Dagbladet.
1: I believe the metaverse is the next chapter for the internet.
2: But in 2023, I think we're going to have a metaverse winter. I think investment, VC investment in the metaverse is going to fall.
0: Okay. So yeah, you shouldn't be able to hear yourself on the computer. So there are no leakage, right?
1: No, no, no. It's only coming out on the headphones.
0: Okay. The big red button. So, I'm in Stockholm and my colleague Nick Young in Shanghai. Och vi börjar med att titta på ett YouTube-klipp. Det är nästan ett och ett halvt år gammal promofilm. Det tydligaste exemplet på hur ett kinesiskt metaverse ser ut. Kameran sveper in över en futuristisk stad. Det här är sökjätten Baidus-version av en metaverse-värld. Xirang heter den. Det betyder ungefär hoppets land. Jag ser slanka skyskrapor mitt i ett grönt, lummigt landskap.
1: We're looking at a video where the user is on the top of a virtual skyscraper looking across a virtual landscape. And they apparently have no fear of heights because they're like on the edge of the skyscraper <laughs> and about to fall, but they're not falling. I don't know why they're not freaking out. I, I would. I don't understand why in this metaverse you can't fly, but there are a lot of questions. I, I question things. Yeah. But in any the idea here is to show that there is this technology that is accessible to normal people, Hmm. um, where they can immerse themselves in a completely virtual world and walk around freely and engage with other people in this virtual world. And it kind of looks Hmm. like a normal Chinese city, very futuristic.
0: I mean, you said something, you said there are more questions than answers. I think that goes generally for the metaverse, right?
1: It goes generally for my life, but especially for the metaverse.
0: (laughs) But, But do you think, you know, that those answers are closer in China than here in the West?
1: Well, this may not be the answer that everybody is hoping for But I think that things are still up in the air mm. However, the approach that Chinese tech companies and the government are taking To build the metaverse in China is slightly different from what we see in the West
0: Metaverse kan verka vara ett iskallt ämne att ta upp just nu Ungefär som krypto, också bortskuffat i ett mörkt hörn som bara Mark Zuckerberg blir om För sen ChatGPT svepte in- har diskussioner om AI- dominerat techvärlden. Men vi i den digitala draken- har inte gett upp helt på ett metaverse. Well, Nick är åtminstone ganska övertygad om det. Och i mars besökte vi GDC- Game Developer Conference- som är en jättelik årlig spelmässa- i San Francisco. Varenda spelbolag är där och visar upp sig. Jättar som Epic Games, Google- Microsoft, Sony och Meta. Vi snackar 24 000 besökare i ett virvar av montrar, skärmar, demos, trängsel och tvivelaktig messmat. Och stämningen, den är peppig.
1: It has this beautiful, overwhelming feeling. I know, going down the stairs and the escalators, you just look and you have Unity, you have Epic Games, and then you have all the international indie game companies. There's a lot of games to see.
0: Och här på mässgolvet är ingen som tvivlar på Metaverse. Tvärtom, det fullständigt dominerar hela scenen. Och vi snackade till och med med en utvecklare som håller på att skapa Metaverse-motsvarighet till Darknet. Alltså internets undervegetation. Den kommer alltså kanske finnas i Metaverse också.
2: Jag kallade term för det. Jag vet att det Jag kallar det under. Här är det jag um, and maybe this is a little bit of a, of a contrarian take. We already have a version of kind of a, a dark web now, right? And some of it does tend to get associated with um, negativity or illegal activities, you know, drug trade and, and worse. And obviously that's, those are things that should be frowned upon and, and hopefully dealt with. That being said, there is an entire kind of world that exists in those nether regions of the internet where there is sharing of content, sharing of you know books or literature that might be banned in specific countries, so I can definitely see there being some version of that in the metaverse, where people are actively engaging and hanging out despite the fact that they may come from different parts of the world and their respective governments wouldn't be particularly happy about them engaging. And I think it's going to be a thing. The under.
0: Hur the under slår igenom återstår att se. Vi ska höra oss vidare från and och like stranger things-referenser, för att istället fokusera på det som många försöker göra just nu, att definiera vad metaverse faktiskt är. Okay, but let's back up a little. It's such an abstract concept to a lot of people, including me. So, you're the techie of us. Like, explain what is the metaverse?
1: It's so difficult to explain what the metaverse is. So I just opened Wikipedia, which is the source of actually all of my knowledge.
0: (laughs) Or or ChatGPT, right?
1: That's actually what we should do. Ask ChatGPT. But the idea is that the metaverse is a virtual immersive world where people can interact with one another and interact with virtual experiences and virtual objects (laughs) that kind of exists as a layer alongside the physical world. So that's kind of complicated and abstract, but think about the internet as this immersive virtual place that you can go into and come out of. And this kind of exists alongside your mundane physical life in the real world.
0: Termen metaverse har sin ålder på nacken. Närmare bestämt har han funnits sedan 1992 och uppfanns av Neil Stevenson i boken Snow Crash. Men även hans definition är vag. Så här beskriver han den. Hero är faktiskt inte här alls. Han befinner sig i ett virtuellt universum som hans dator projicerar i hans glasögon och pumpar ut i hans hörlurar. De som kan lingon kallar den här påhittade världen The Metaverse. Sen faller begreppet i stort sett i glömska i årtionden. Ja, fram till, ni vet, hösten 2021.
1: Today, we are seen as a social media company. But in our DNA, we are a company that builds technology to connect people. And the metaverse is the next frontier, just like social networking was when we got started. Facebook was born in a specific time and place. A college campus... When-
0: so looking back at that reveal, like, what were your thoughts when you, when you saw that?
1: Okay, first of all, do you remember when Steve Jobs revealed the iPhone for the first time Mm -hmm. there was like a quiet in the room oh yeah like there was a hush and then everyone was like ah
0: right it was like that big aha moment exactly where he said the MP3 player an iPod the phone and the internet communications device
1: are you getting it these are not three separate devices
2: this is one
0: Look at you, you're a fanboy Yeah, oh, yeah
1: Fast forward 15 years, Zuckerberg introduces the metaverse And people are like, ha!
0: <laughs>
1: it's like, completely different reaction yeah. <laughs> And honestly, that was my reaction too I'm like, this is the nerdiest thing ever yeah. How does Mark Zuckerberg look nerdier in the metaverse than he does in real life? I mean, that it's, 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 it's quite an achievement
0: Ja, tack vare Zuckerberg. Vi vi alla över natten medvetna om termen The Metaverse. Och lanseringen väckte såklart även reaktioner hos jättarna i Kina.
1: Anytime one of the tech giants in the US seemingly goes all in on a new technology or a new strategic direction, I think Chinese pay attention. Silicon Valley is still seen as an epicenter for innovation. Hmm. But I think also because you look at one of the most famous tech companies basically willing to bet it all and lose it all on the metaverse. And I think it's something that got people curious in China. So if a company like Meta is going all in, does this actually mean that the technology is close to commercialization? Or at least I'm very curious now living in China, to see if the metaverse can be commercialized in the US mm. and then of course what that would mean for China.
0: Men faktum är att idén om ett metaverse innan den ens hade fått det namnet och långt innan Zuckerbergs presentation hade redan utannonserats av sociala mediegiganten Tencent. De som också har WeChat.
1: Pony Ma who's the CEO of Tencent actually proposed his own vision for a kind of metaverse-like virtual world a year prior to Mark Zuckerberg's big launch. What was it called? It was called Quan Zhen, but, you know, that didn't catch on in the States. I don't know why that wasn't the name of Zuckerberg's (laughs) virtual world.
0: And and how did they reveal it?
1: Well, it was actually a much more understated reveal, so to speak. It was Hmm. through an internal memo. Basically, Pony Ma telling employees, this is gonna be one of the next big things. Mm. All tech companies are gonna have to come up with some kind of strategy for this, and we should start now.
0: To me, it sounds like Tencent would be the perfect company to start looking at this, right? Because they're they're massive in social. Obviously, they've built, you know, a super app ecosystem before, and then They're massive in gaming. They're the largest company in gaming in the world.
1: Summarize it really, really well. They are probably the most prominent company in China when it comes to social. And they kind of kicked off the super app revolution with a callback to our previous episode. But they kicked off the super app revolution with WeChat. And they own gaming assets in all parts of the world, including a lot of uh, American companies, they own share of um, Epic Games, and they create almost all of the most popular games in China. And so I, I would say that this is important because right now the gaming industry is where we see the clearest examples of metaverse-like experiences. Mm. So if I'm looking at what exists today that would most likely evolve into a metaverse tomorrow, I would look to the gaming industry because yeah. they're already creating very compelling virtual spaces that people want to spend a lot of time inside.
0: Okay. To build världar ett a metaverse sounds almost lite How Hur it go to with med and much more controlled internet? The internet in China is much less free, right, than in the West. Like, is that too big of an obstacle to build an actual metaverse? So you mentioned censorship and control, and the
1: irony is a lot of people are talking about censorship and control as things that Twitter could use a lot more of. I mean, I'm being facetious here, but people are talking about applying more controls on what people can and cannot say on Twitter and what types of people are or are not allowed on Twitter, our former president. <laughs> but the idea that a Chinese metaverse as controlled and censored would make it more difficult to build, I think, is a false narrative. I think in some ways, because a Chinese metaverse would probably be like the Chinese internet, in that it's very controlled, might make it easier to build. In what way? First of all, in order to build the metaverse, think about all of the types of companies that would have to collaborate to build one kind of immersive world that would be inoperable across all of these different company experiences. I mean, you're talking about standards, and protocols for this new virtual world. You're also talking about how the experiences that exist in one company's metaverse, how that would translate into another company's metaverse. There's a lot of collaboration that has to go into building a metaverse in the West. And the way I like to think about it is, imagine the CEOs of the big tech companies like Google and Meta and Microsoft, they all get into the same room and they discuss how to build a metaverse. Like how long is it gonna take for them to agree on the master framework for this? Hmm. Right? And that's not to say anything of the U.S. government and people who live in democratic societies. In China, it's some government officials and they set the direction. The Chinese companies make something. The Chinese government says this is okay, this is not okay, and things get built. And if something feels risky or dangerous, it gets shut down. Mm. Uh, you could think about an example of China building a skyscraper versus building a skyscraper in the West. Stockholm. Do you even have skyscrapers in Stockholm?
0: We have a couple. <laughs> That's the truth.
1: <laughs> I think about how long it would take to get all of the people behind this, yeah. construction companies, getting all the permits, the politicians on board, and then people are like, is this environmentally friendly? Like, it would take forever, right? Yeah. In China, it's just a snap of a finger. Yeah. And then the next year, a skyscraper will pop up <laughs> on the horizon. And I, I imagine, I'm being facetious, but I imagine that the metaverse the origins of the metaverse, the infrastructure that lies underneath and supports the metaverse will emerge in a similar fashion. Yeah. So, I should be clear that doesn't mean people will want to hang out in this metaverse. <laughs> but it means the skeleton of this metaverse can be built at a much faster rate in China than it would yeah. in the West.
0: Men det kan finnas någonting väldigt bra i det här med tröghet också. För om man tänker efter, tröghet är en kontrollmekanism. Alltså Saker och ting kan inte spåra ur fullkomligt. Så det kanske finns något viktigt och vackert i trögheten.
1: I mean, there's also beauty in poro for coffee, but sometimes it takes too long. Mm. (laughs) I think what's really key with the metaverse is having a compelling or even addictive experience that makes people actually want to hang out in the metaverse.
0: Hmm. But if this is, you know, dependent on Chinese regulators at the moment, right? What are their views? What's their position in this?
1: So, I'll answer this question. By starting with China's space program. To me, the metaverse is like a great expanse. It's also a great unknown, just like space. And here, China is also putting a stake in the ground, writing into their five-year plan the ambition to explore different applications for the metaverse. Hmm. Now, the writing is vague. It's not saying exactly what types of applications, but generally, Chinese five-year plans lay the groundwork for where the country leaders want the economy and and the country to move in the next few years. And so tech companies get the hint. And the idea is that they support the metaverse. They want to experiment with the metaverse. And they've laid out some pilot projects for how the metaverse might look or could work in the future. Um, We looked into some of these, including virtual spaces where people can learn how to Repair, let's say high speed trains, repair industrial equipment or virtual tools where dentists can see, you know, what teeth inside a patient requires a surgery or removal. Um, these are very specific applications and a lot of times I'm skeptical because I explored similar types of applications when I was working with AI in the early days at, at JD.com. But I'm skeptical because sometimes it feels more like PR than um, an actual commercializable product. Yeah. But it's something the government is thinking about. And so what's important here is that Chinese companies have an advantage, which is that any tech company in China has an incredible incubator supporting it. And that's the government. And so what these companies need more than anything is real world, they call it scenarios or use cases to test out their tech. That's the most important thing to test out the tech, be it an AI company, be it virtual reality company, or company building solutions for the metaverse. And so if the government is able to say, okay, you know what, this hospital is a place where you can test out your metaverse technology with real live patients. That's a huge boost to these tech companies. And yeah. it might not work but this is something that in in America there'd be way more hurdles to get to that point. So when we talk about once again going back to having the government exert control upon the metaverse and how that might hinder the expansion or evolution of the metaverse, I don't necessarily buy into that narrative.
0: Så so, i Sverige finns alltså statliga drivna testprojekt för metaverse och det handlar inte om underhållning utan praktiska tillämpningar i sjukvård och industri. Och myndigheterna tittar också på möjligheten att använda metaverse för att boosta kinesisk turism.
1: To explore China through virtual reality or augmented reality as opposed to um, in the physical space. This was something that picked up a lot of traction during COVID when people couldn't travel to China. Yeah. So there's there's kind of like bits and pieces of it emerging. Hmm. But the way I like to think of it is that these ideas. Are really centered around meta spaces and not metaverses because they're not interconnected. So I think it's an immersive and virtual experience, but because it's not linked together, it's kind of like detached islands of virtual experience and not a continuous experience that you can go from one place to another and it's seamless.
0: vi vill prata med någon som faktiskt är med och bygger det kinesiska metaverse.
3: Uh, now my business card says producer, but I do a lot of kind of like international relations, communications.
0: Så vi stackade med Sarah Justu på det Tokyo baserade företaget A. De bygger teknologin som står bakom produktionen av avatare och virtuella influencers. Och den här teknologin är riktigt bra. På Instagram kan du inte se skillnad på en av as virtuella influencers och en riktig människa. Och Sarah Justu menar att det är först när teknologin blir så bra att våra avatarer känns verkliga som Metaverse kan bli på riktigt relevant. Ta bara hur händer ser ut i virtuell värld idag. Vem kan ta Metaverse på allvar om mina händer ser ut som två blobbar? Det är exemplet Sarah tar.
3: If you look at your hand in sandbox or Minecraft, it's literally just one blob of color, right? And I think that's just technology just doesn't allow us to do that. So when we're so used to such high quality, you can smell, you can touch things, you can feel cold and hot. Like all these things that we take for privilege, they don't exist in the metaverse yet. So I think people just get bored. Like I put on like the Oculus thing, like the Meta. I'm sitting with people again. like <laughs> Oculus thing again. I think it's like progressing, but it's like still like I, I can play on it for like 10 minutes. Then I'll just take it out and like go for like three months without touching it, right? But I think the time is going to come when the technology gets more advanced, where that quality is there. Maybe the smell is there. Maybe touch is there. I'm not sure, but i think there's going to be a point where the metaverse or the virtual world is going to be more exciting than the real world until then no one's going to go to the metaverse everyone loves the physical world so much even though we don't realize it um but until then i think we're not going to have this bleach of like everyone's going to be an avatar because why why do you want to be an avatar when you literally have like your physical self that you can represent that everyone can have so i think when that happens everyone's gonna go to the metaverse and everyone's gonna need an avatar go ahead
1: do you think this is gonna be a gradual process or do you think it's just gonna be a tipping point like boom something happens and then everyone goes to the metaverse
3: i think it's gonna be something similar to like the internet like i always compare the internet to virtual humans before internet existed like Nobody knew what it was. Everyone's like, what are you, what, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like all those geeky people in the war that were using the internet for stuff. But at like one point, like, everyone's using it. And then now we can't even imagine a world without internet, right? Or computers. So I think it is going to be like a tipping point where it's like, boom, everyone needs it in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm kind of worried. I'm worried that my virtual avatar will be more interesting than <laughs> I am. I'm already worried I'm not very interesting. But once I have the ability to create this virtual avatar, I the real Nick may become irrelevant.
3: The real Nick may come out because of may- that. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. I don't know if you want to see that. <laughs>
0: Sarah på A tror alltså att vi kommer att få se metaverse som en catch-up-effekt. Idag hecklar många det tomma universumet och ser det som ett stort misslyckande för Zuckerberg. Men Sarah tror att tekniken kommer i kapp. att händer kommer att se snygga ut i metaverse och att våra avatarer kommer att kännas kul att representera. Och det är först då det smäller till, säger hon. Min kollega Nick tror också på en tipping point.
1: Yes, I agree that there will be a tipping point, um, and I think that tipping point will be a function of two things. One, the experience within the metaverse. Hmm. That there will be a point where, like a house party, there are enough people hanging out in the metaverse where it actually feels like a party Hmm. and not some sad meeting of two people who are sad. (laughs) And I don't know when that will be, and I don't know what experience will bring those people there, but once it hits that inflection point, it will become a place that's cool to hang out. Um, And I think, you know, you can apply the same logic to social media companies. I think in the beginning, Facebook started out this way. I started a social media company way back when, but we never broke out of that awkward meeting phase, <laughs> and we never became a party, and we crashed. But there is, there is a tipping point there. Um, and I think the other thing is there is a technological inflection point, yeah. such that the technology that supports the metaverse reach a point where the virtual experience can feel seamless. So that you are operating uh, a metaverse that looks hyper-realistic. And that every time I turn my head to see a new vantage point, there's no lag. And that you can have a lot of people engaging with one another at the same time without any glitches. Mm. So imagine a Zoom call, but with like a million people on it. If you were to imagine that, you'd be like, nah, that thing's going to crash. Yeah. (laughs) Right? But now think about the same kind of thing, except it's a hyper-realistic, immersive, virtual experience. You know what I mean? Like that requires way more bandwidth. So there's going to be an inflection point where that is possible. Yeah. The same way, you know, 4G, 5G were was instrumental for short form video, like the TikTok
0: generation. We're sort of still waiting for some of those few key components. Distribution is still not great because, like, VR glasses are expensive, they're ugly, they're heavy on your face. We're just years from where we want to be in that in that part of technology.
1: Yeah, totally. It's kind of like an orchestra. You need all these different instruments to play in unison for an orchestra to create music.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right now we only have the triangle guy. You know, that guy, bing. Exactly. Or
1: the, the guy who plays the cymbals, like, once.
0: Oh, yeah. That's
1: all I need to do. Get
0: <laughs> those two people in the entire orchestra, yeah. Men som sagt, många människor är idag cyniska mot metaverse och kanske för att hypen har varit så stor. Jag menar, det var inte allt för länge sedan som många företag sprang ut och skaffade sig en metaverse chef. You see a lot of that in the West, right? People are sort of laughing at the idea of what the metaverse is right now and saying that it, it's basically a A guy running a company that has this big ego that wants to do something big and he's betting a lot of money into it, but it just feels like it's very unsure whether it's going to happen or not. And right now it's actually damaging. To meta as a company right so that they're doing this they're, it's sort of damaging their, their stock and initially we saw all these companies going like oh we have a chief metaverse officer <laughs> all that stuff right chief metaverse officer i want to know what that person is doing at their company that'd be so amazing just to kind of follow them an entire day where they're like are, are we there yet Oh, okay. I'll just hang out in the back. This
1: guy's like high on drugs, like with a <laughs> exactly, VR set, yeah.
0: Oculus glued to his face. Yeah, probably. Yeah.
1: No, that's not the metaverse. You're on acid, my friend. <laughs> yes.
0: Anyway, and now like people are sort of laughing at that whole thing, that whole hype and sort of almost treating it as, you know, remember Clubhouse, you know, where everyone was talking about Clubhouse for 3 months and now no one's talking about Clubhouse. Before
1: Clubhouse there was house party. Oh, remember yeah.
0: that? <laughs> guess you weren't invited because you clearly don't remember. I, I was never invited that's why I'm like cynical towards it. Så det känns verkligen som att vi har gått in i en metaverse vinter här i väst. Och i Kina har det också blåst snåla vindar. Precis som Meta som kapade ordentligt i sin metaverse budget har också Tencent dragit tillbaka investeringar i sitt metaverse.
1: So to be clear, Tencent shifted the team that was working on metaverse related hardware. Tencent had some acquisitions of hardware companies around VR headsets in the pipeline that didn't ultimately come to fruition. But I don't necessarily know if Tencent has abandoned the metaverse. I think no. really what it is, it's it, it's a reflection of a larger shift in tech around companies investing in a future and willing to burn a lot of money to accelerate the future yeah. and focusing on things that make money. And so I think that's the th- case for Tencent as well.
0: It's the classic sort of hype cycle, right? Where everything is hype in the beginning. And now we're in that, if you've seen that curve, it's like we're in the valley of despair, Right everyone's a little bit cynical, they lost money, uh, they're not sure if it's going to take off or not and then at some point we're going to end up in that next phase which is the the phase of enlightenment. We're like, ah, so this is what this actually is and then you start seeing investments again.
1: It is. It is definitely about the hype cycle and yeah. and I think right now the enthusiasm for the metaverse has waned but I am still optimistic about some kind of metaverse in the future. And I think that you may not realize it, but you may be more optimistic than you seem to be. Hmm. And the only thing I really have to change is the time horizon. Yeah, yeah, of course. Let's say I throw it out 30 years into the future. Then it, it would be like, oh, of course. Yeah, no, no, of course. No doubt. Because if you think about it, 30 years ago, that was like the early days of the internet. You know, we were just learning how to walk with the internet.
0: That's the thing. Like so many people said, Oh, we're not going to develop an app because we already tried mobile internet doesn't work. Because they spent tens of millions on a WAP internet that was crappy as hell. And they didn't understand that 3G and 4G changes everything alongside with, you know, an app store and and that ecosystem and so on. Right. So I think it's really easy to dismiss and the reason why people such as myself were very eager to dismiss, is not because I'm a cynical person, but it's because I'm sort of cynical towards the hype. Så bara för att illustrera hur stor hypen var, inte allt för länge sedan. För ungefär två år sedan kontaktade ett kinesiskt företag oss som ville ha lite råd om den europeiska marknaden. De hade byggt upp en tein liknande modell, det vill säga att de hade en snabb supply chain, de hade billiga kläder och de hade en jätteeffektiv marknadsföringsapparat. På bara sex månader så har man gått från noll i omsättning till att omsätta hundra miljoner kronor i månaden. Sen plötsligt hörde vi ingenting från det här företaget. Ett par månader senare när vi pratade med dem hade de övergett hela sin e-handelsbusiness. För nu skulle de boka artister i The Metaverse. Och det kanske är det här som jag är mest skeptisk mot. Många var så pigga på att hoppa på nästa stora grej. Sure, jag kanske tror på Metaverse. Bara inte just nu. Kanske. Har jag bara fel tidsperspektiv?
1: Well, you know, the skeptics were very audible when they tore into AI. People have been skeptical that AI could be commercialized for, I don't know, how long, Yeah. right? And, you know, in the early days when people were like, we can use AI to build a magic mirror so that when you look at the mirror, it can recommend what you should be wearing that day. And it's like, no. You know, like, that was never built, and it will never be built. And, like, every high school project, like, where they imagine how AI will be used, like, there's some version of the magic mirror.
0: Yeah, people were, like, looking at AI, like, neural networks and machine learning as sci-fi. They were just laughing at those scientists because they're like, hey, that's just, like, Harry Potter magic. Yeah. Let's just use this rule-based system, right?
1: Or, like, AI works in chess, but, like, that's (laughs) it. But then ChatGBT launches, and then immediately all the people who follow tech... They jump on board. Mm. You know, Microsoft makes a a big investment in ChatGPT. Google then reveals their own ChatGPT-like product. And then Baidu, right? We go back to Baidu, the company that created one of China's metaverses. They have their own ChatGPT-like product. And this narrative that AI-powered ChatGPT-like products will disrupt just everyday life for people takes hold, Mm. right? So now everyone's using ChatGPT. By the way, there's also... AI-powered technology for creating podcasts that can mimic and recreate our voices so that we won't even need to record these podcasts in the future. I'm obsolete. It's very creepy. And But again, these are the kind of things that what I'm saying it's creepy until these things exist and then people are like, wow. Yep. So I, t- mm-hmm. I totally buy into what you're saying. There is a hype cycle. But that's why I encourage people, instead of thinking about the metaverse, which is a finished vision, often fed to us by these tech giants. Yeah. Instead of thinking about that as a crystallized vision, think about the metaverse in its bits and parts as the single cell organisms that I was talking about, as the bricks. And that's what Sarah at Awe is building, right? These digital avatars, uh, or that's what these gaming companies are creating. These immersive, highly entertaining virtual worlds where people not only want to play games, but they also want to attend virtual concerts. Hmm. You know, These are the building blocks to what the future of the metaverse will be. We should really be paying attention to how many of these building blocks, compelling building blocks, emerge. Yeah. Not when this finished product, finished version of the Metaverse will emerge. Because that is something that's probably, probably further out in the future.
0: I think many, including myself, understand if this be going to be or if the Metaverse be connected East and If we're looking forward sort of into the future of how this is developing it and so on, China's internet and the Western internet is, or the rest of the internet, I should say, like they're developing in separate directions. Is that going to be the same thing for the metaverse as well, do you think?
1: Well, I think that Chinese and Western internet are developing in the same direction, but on different tracks. Hmm. Uh, And I think that you'll see the same thing with the metaverse. The internet kind of exploded faster than China could set up controls to limit and curtail the flow of information. And so if China's government plays a leading role in building the infrastructure for the metaverse from the ground up, they can build these control mechanisms from day one.
0: När det kommer till ny teknik så brukar man ju säga att vi ofta överskattar hur snabbt en förändring ska ske, men underskattar hur stor effekt den kommer att få. Och det här ordspråket stämmer ofta när man tänker tillbaka på saker som smartphones, på krypto och på sociala medier. För inget av det där var med säkerhet något som skulle hålla i sig och inte heller förändra internet för alltid. Möjligtvis är jag helt enkelt för gammal för att fatta grejen. Och det här får mig att tänka på ett citat från Douglas Adams, författaren av Lyftaren Sky till Galaxen. Han skrev, allt som finns i världen när du föds är normalt och vanligt och bara en naturlig del av hur allt fungerar. Allt som har uppfunnits mellan att du är 15 och 35 år är nytt och spännande och revolutionerande. Och du kan förmodligen skapa en karriär inom det. Och allt som uppfinns efter att du har fyllt 35 är emot den naturliga ordningen och början på slutet.
1: By the way, if you're over 35 you can't apply to be a government official in China. That's, it's true, so like my time is... It's passed. What? I have to make way for the younger generation. (laughs) Can't be over 35 to apply for a government position. Wow, that's ageism. So the chief metaverse officer in China... Oh, that guy. ...he's under 35. (laughs) Here's a fact that I overheard on another podcast, which is that apparently people that regularly hang out in the metaverse today, 50% are under 18 and 80% are under 30. (gasps) Which means I'm a unicorn because I'm over 35... And I hang out in the metaverse. No, I'm just kidding. I don't hang out in the metaverse. Like (laughs) It's not cool enough for me. Um, But I think uh, think you you make a good point. I don't think I'm going to be an early adopter. I don't know who will be an early adopter. But if I had to bet on it, it'd be people who are gamers. And it would be the artists. People like Sarah.
0: Yeah. And they're going to drag us into the metaverse, kicking and screaming. And we're like, no, we don't want to go. And once we're there, we're like, oh, this is kind of nice. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was like my first experience on Facebook. <laughs> vi tänkte avsluta det här avsnittet med ytterligare ett citat från Douglas Adams. Låt oss tänka det otänkbara. Låt oss göra det omöjliga. Låt oss förbereda oss på att tampas med det obeskrivbara och se om vi inte kan skildra det trots allt. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to stop my recording. Is that okay? All right, meet you Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Tack till våra gäster och tack till dig som har lyssnat. Innehållsproducent är Katarina Andersson och postproduction är Kristoffer Folin på Ljudmagi. Vill du höra mer om tech? Gå in på svd.se poddar. Vi hörs snart igen. Du har lyssnat på Den digitala draken, en podcast från Podmi och Svenska Dagbladet. Ansvarig utgivare är Anna Kareborg.